0: Hello everyone and welcome to this webinar today. I'm Francis C. D. from Global Net 21 and a local group as well called Info Private Action Forum and Info Voices. And um, today we're going to look at some of the um, issues around health and social care, because there are, you know, a lot of comments about how it's top heavy and that we need to reform it. And there's some wonderful innovations going on around the country about how we can do it differently. And I'm really pleased we've got Ruth Donaldson with us today. And she's the director of commissioning in the CCG, the commissioning, the clinical commissioning group. And it's great that she's here and she's been thinking about it. So she's going to talk to us today about her own ideas. She's not representing the CCG, but she has thought a great deal about it. And it's great that people in her position are doing that because this is an important topic. So welcome, Ruth. And I'm really pleased you've joined us. Um, Maybe you could start. Briefly, very briefly, by telling us a little bit about yourself and the position you hold.
1: Sure. So, so yes, I'm Ruth Donaldson. I'm the director of communities, um, which is a, a, a directorate set up to look at specifically local communities um, and health inequalities and, and how we tackle those in North Central London. Um, so, so kind of a bit about my role and then I will say a bit about me as well, because I think, you know, it's very important. Everyone brings their, their whole self to work. Um, so so the, the team, the communities team, um, looks at health inequalities in, in lots of different ways. So firstly, we have a dedicated fund, and I think that's probably what I'll kind of talk a bit about in terms of how this theory relates into, into our spending. So we have an inequalities fund of just under nine million, um, and we use that fund um, to look at the kind of wider causes of health inequalities. So look at social determinants um, of health. And we fund sometimes quite small projects based in local communities um, and, and aim to really make sure that any interventions are led by and co-produced by um, local people and bring lived experience um, rather than um, just, just commissioned, if you like, by, by people in the statutory sector. So that's, that I'd be really keen to talk about that in a bit more detail. Um, homeless health and asylum seeker services um, and again very keen to bring the lived experience to that we have uh, uh, ex-homeless people in our, in our MDTs um, and also our team tries to think about how we influence the wider decision making of the organisation so how we think about how we spend our money in north central London and how we might want to, to change that over time to really have a more a really targeted approach on our on our most deprived um, and our, our residents with the with the highest needs.
0: I mean, it's, it's really interesting that you're doing that and, you you know, you're involved with civil society groups and you're working from the bottom up. Mm. And, and that's one of the, I mean, through collaborative networks, that's one of the innovative ways that people are beginning to work. And maybe we can discuss what you said around some of Hillary Cotton's ideas. And, I mean, one of the things she said is that since the war, we've been dominated by the beverage approach to health and social care, which tends to be top-down And it seems to be impersonal where relationships between those being helped and those helping are written out because that's not allowed. Is that something we need to change?
1: Definitely. And I think it is is already being changed. So I know there's this kind of national examples around them. I was at a really interesting seminar this week around women in homelessness and how, you know, if you if you if we work more with women in in homelessness, they can be advocates for for that. You know, I think with anything, if you invest in people, um, it it will pay dividends because they are the experts. Um, You know, they they know better than anybody else about what is affecting affecting their life. Um, So just to give a kind of local example on that as well, um, North Middlesex Hospital runs something called a parenting network. Um, And this was already set up before we had the Inequalities Fund, but we now fund it through the Inequalities Fund as well to try and kind of maximise its potential. And what this looked at was, was a number of, of parents attending uh, North Middlesex A&E where there, w- there was a range of kind of health issues, but the underlying issue that was being picked up was feelings of anxiety and, and helplessness by, by these parents. Um, and what this this network, this parenting network, tries to do is, is bring together um, the, the kind of state and the kind of medical services so that it's, it's led by a, by a fantastic paediatric consultant at North Mid um, but it also brings into, um, brings into the picture local voluntary sector groups, um, health visitors, um, to try and work together, um, not, not with the state kind of saying, this is your problem and, and this is how we think you should fund it or, 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 or resolve it, um, but, but to kind of listen to local parents in terms of what are the, what are the underlying reasons why they're, why they're going to A&E and how can we, how can we all work together on... On solutions that, that would address that um, so so definitely all the stuff around kind of relation the importance of um, relationships and, and building those relationships rather than a very transactional approach um, is definitely where we want to get to but I guess the, the kind of next step for a lot of what we're doing is obviously um, nine million is, is fantastic um, but as a sector I think we spend about 250 million. Um, that's North Central London. So it's, it's, for me, it's how do we take all the innovative projects that are going on and make that part of something much bigger? Um, because I guess the, the, the issue we have is that um, I think involving people in decisions is is fantastic, but how is that then linked to funding? So um, so, I was at an Enfield uh, school yesterday, Eldon Elden School, who were very welcoming. And um, I was meeting with a community group there, Edmonton Community Partnership um, and, and Health Watch, and, and New Local, actually. I don't know whether you've heard of New Local, but they're fantastic. I'll, I'll, I'll talk, talk about those in a second. And, and we were really talking about um, how, do we, how do we use some of our inequalities funding to, to build a, a forum around Edmonton that is that is more representative of, of local views. So we have fantastic um, voluntary and community sector organisations in Enfield. Um, but there's, there's, some, there's some pockets, particularly those with the worst health outcomes, um, the, the Somali population, um, you know, Turkish Kurdish populations often have worse health outcomes than, than, than white British. Um, the, the Eastern European GRT communities. How, how do we make sure they are at the table as as much as all all the other groups. Um, And in talking through this with with the community groups yesterday, we were trying to get a balance because uh, on one hand, people were saying, this is a fantastic idea. Um, You know, we we can definitely reach out and and make sure our group is is more representative and, and also make sure we're linking in with the local authority because Enfield Local Authority, we're already doing a lot in this space. They were also quite worried because they were saying, okay, if we get everybody together, we can do that and we can talk to them about, you know, what are their concerns, what's going on in their life. But if at the end of that process we just say, well, thank you for that, we found that really interesting, it, it, it can be counterproductive. We, we need to do something. That.
0: you need a model don't you i mean and, and, and that's 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 where the cotton model comes in and i'm yeah. sure there are others um i mean and you mentioned quite rightly that there's a money issue there's a funding issue and i mean hilary cotton was saying in her book that for example one person that she dealt with that she called ella had um something like 73 services and 24 different people servicing them and 12 people visiting them and that cost for that family 250,000 pounds a year and so you know the money issue is not about what we put into it; it's what we save isn't it by doing mm. things differently.
1: Mm. Yes yes definitely I think the opportunity is, is there and it's also I mean that was again part of this conversation we had yesterday there were there were there were different views around well that's not we don't want to raise expectations in terms of what what you know what we might do. Um, but equally people were really keen to show the art of the possible because actually um, you know I, I have my own views on 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 what is possible but it's really important that that, that is representative. I'm I, you know I'm very conscious of of, of my back background and what, what I bring to work. Um, but actually listening to, to views that were more specific to, to Edmonton yesterday, um, you know, and a, I only live a couple of miles away in Palmer's Green, um, they, they were quite different. And they had, um, you know, that they really wanted to make sure that that, that voice was heard over just even a, a kind of Enfield voice. So it's, yeah, it's how do you enable that? And then how do you change those decision-making um, processes at a really senior level in the ICS to say, if if the residents of Edmonton or a specific neighborhood, even if you're going below Edmonton, say actually this is what's making a difference in their lives, how do we then make sure that the, the funding and the mechanisms enable them to actually spend money differently? Um, so the, the analogy we, we often use, um, which which was coined by a colleague of my M, mine, uh, MDAD Hack, is it feels a bit like when we're spending public money, you know, we've we've got the menu, but we're not really sharing that with with local residents. So we're kind of choosing for them, um, and and all of this is really about how do we make sure everybody is involved in those choices.
0: Well, the relation the welfare relational model is one where the the person chooses with the worker, isn't it? I mean, Hilary Cotton says that in the present system, a social worker spends only fourteen percent of his t- or her time with a person and 80% sorry 76% on admin and in the model she's developed she's found that you get a worker who spends 80% of their time with mm-hmm. a person and the the person that is you know she works with actually chooses the worker that's appropriate for them and then is given a part uh, a portion of the budget to spend <clears throat> themselves so it's having a model like that a similar model like that you need to develop if you're gonna move from collaboration to action, isn't
1: it? Yes, exactly. And it's having, um, yes, it's it's being brave enough to be able to move that that, that money round in that way. And in fact, um, so one of the, the projects they have in Haringey um, and Dunfield actually, it's a, it's a joint project, is um, is targeting people that they, they've coined have severe and multiple disadvantage. Um, so for a variety of reasons, and they're, they're kind of identified as, as being in that cohort um, and when we were having discussions about um, you know the, the kind of differences in how much uh, you how much you use services depending on deprivation so the example we often use is that if you live in one of our most deprived areas you're over three times as likely to have an emergency admission to hospital Um, as if you want to live in one of our least deprived areas and then you will you will stay there for longer as well um so so one way of looking at that is saying we must target that because um, obviously that's that's costing us a lot of money and i'm sure if you looked at local authority spend you you'd see a similar pattern um but but really if you take what hillary cotton is saying and then apply um you know the the apply it to the nth degree what solution to that could be is looking at that total pot that we spend on that cohort and saying actually if we converted that into a personal budget or an element of it into a personal budget as you were saying for social workers what i'm sure that would look very different in terms of how they thought um the, the best best spend of that that resource would be so yes as much of this is on setting up those community models as it is changing our kind of financial flow as an organization and, and enabling it to happen.
0: But there, there are sort of three things in that model, isn't there? One is collaboration, mm-hmm. um, the, the other is the process, the, the model that you create, yeah. and the third is the outcome. And yeah. in, in the outcome, I mean, the, the, the Hillary Cotton model, and she's got some local authorities to work with her, in the case of Ella... Uh, in the old model, nothing had changed. Uh, you know, people were just ticking boxes. It was a containment model. But in the model she had, Ella went into further education, the children went back to school. Mm-hmm. There were really, you know, positive outcomes. And that's important as well. We can't just keep having this containment model, can we?
1: No. And I think that outcome bit and how we measure the outcomes is also a really important part of this. Yeah so um when we when when we were kind of talking to edmonton community partnership and 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 connect about how you might then measure that that that's where it's often quite difficult because obviously we have in the past been quite target driven in terms of thinking about um you know reduction of people going to hospital or or time it takes for you to be seen in a and e which i think is is very important um but really, if you want to make that kind of change, you need to be a measuring different things, but also sometimes measuring them on a different time scale as well. I mean, all the evidence suggests we, you know, in investing in in children and children's services um, has a has a massive kind of return on investment, but the but the time frame is is quite long. And it's how much appetite do people have to do that within um, you know, particularly at the moment when 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 there's some constraints around that Um, but the bit that I think is interesting is what how can you look at it differently so we're working with Middlesex University on how you might measure the success or otherwise of the inequalities fund and having this dedicated pop for health inequalities Um, and although we are looking at kind of things around how often people are going to, to hospital and how 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 ill they're being if if you if you only look at that medical bit of it, you're only really getting to the very end bit, which is a bit bit late by then um so we're we're trying to evaluate as a result of this um, funding, do people feel that they have more agency in their life? do they feel they are treated with dignity, respect, are they listen to, and I think that that links back to that kind of relationships element in what Hillary Cotton is saying because Unless you are building up a relationship with people you're, you're less likely to feel listened to or that you're treated treated um, with respect um, and then as part of that, do they feel like they avoided crisis whatever crisis means and I think that means different things to different people but also how quickly did they feel they recovered from that because there's loads of evidence around how even kind of um, you know limited social contact social connections um, really in, in increases somebody's recovery time so those are the kind of things we're trying to look at but I'm not sure how much the directors of finance are really going to listen to it <laughs>
0: well we're we'll trying to make sure he does well I don't know because maybe we shouldn't but I mean the other interesting thing you said you talked about the parents network yes and that um fits in with what um, Hillary Cotton talks about when she talks about developing circles yes. and she talks about it especially in terms of social isolation mm-hmm. um, you know where, where people are isolated particularly older people and um, they actually want connectivity but she combines connectivity with events of so getting people to go to events and, and creating a mutual aid sort of society within it and it seems that that's what you were trying to do and that's what you know, it's really encouraging that although you don't call it circles, you're developing a circle of your own.
1: Yes, def- definitely. And I, again, there's, there's loads of evidence around that. And um, I like something Professor Donna Hall said recently, who's doing fantastic things in, in Wigan that we're, we're trying to emulate, um, which is in, in all this setting up of the new integrated care systems, instead of talking about what, what committees we've got, what, why are we not just talking about the basics of things like income and, and social connections? actually that's often at the the base of people's lives and at their ability you know that's what affects their ability to live a a healthy life and it is that kind of trying to make the focus on health and well-being in that underlying state rather than um you know what do we do when someone's in in hospital with diabetes which which is equally as important um but but you just need to focus all, all through the pathway rather than on that on that on that and, and
0: and I mean I mentioned you know social isolation problem that elderly mm-hmm. people have, and you mentioned you know the the, the problems in Edmonton, the the mm-hmm. inequalities that exist mm-hmm. there. And I published a, a heat map that Age UK did a little while ago on um, where the incidence of loneliness was in um, in the London Borough of Edmonton. And mm-hmm. of course it's all on the east, and it's largely in Edmonton. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: And and you know. Doing something there is going to be really important, isn't it? Now, now because of COVID, but also because of climate change, it's all Paris 2018 where the elderly were affected badly. We're going to um, be in a situation where we're going to really need a contingency plan, which is a relational, which does involve the community.
1: Mm. Yes, and I think the extra, um, I think that is very important. I think the thing that the COVID vaccination programme has shown us, though, is that there is an underlying distrust of, of the state and statutory services in, in some communities that is very very understandable um, and I guess it's how do we how do we use that kind of building relationships a, approach to, to to change that um, and, and social connections is part of it the other it, it, the other thing we funded actually through the inequalities fund which um, is, is just starting which was the idea of a Haringey GP is something called twalking, uh, which I have to be careful how I pronounce that um, but that is around increasing social connections just just through walking so talking and walking hence it's hence its name um, and it's been really popular um, because actually it's not a kind of it's not saying you need to wait until you've you've got a certain medical condition um, if, if, you know before we kind of take you seriously as, as a as a person um, so yes that started in in Haringey and now we're doing it in Enfield as well um, and, and that's that's the kind of thing where actually just getting a group of like minded people together or, or, or not even like minded, just a group of people together to to talk and get some exercise. Um, I'm hoping we'll be able to demonstrate that that, that has an impact on, on health outcomes so that we can continue this kind of thing. Um,
0: one, yeah, one, one of the problems, future. one of the problems, so that, you know, that. You have to face and that has been faced for decades is about integrated care and joined up working yeah. um, and people have tried it I remember as BBC producer doing a program on links between local authority and health authority and helping people to stay in their home own homes by you know, having a network group at ground work, ground level working with those people. Um, you have to work in partnership to do this with the local authority and with community yeah. groups. How easy is that when you've got managers who are trying to protect their positions?
1: So I would say that it's it's yes, it's not it's not easy. Um, but I think what's quite interesting is that you can make the link back here. Um, to to relationships in kind of every in in every form. Um, so so uh, Dudu Sherarami, who is the director of public health at, at Enfield, um, I work very closely with. Um, they go for walks together as well, which is a very, you know, public health thing to do. Um, but 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 also relationships are important everywhere, aren't they? Because because me having a good relationship with with Dudu means that we can work together and we can resolve funding differences um, and, and talk through the challenges that we, we both face and, and, and find some kind of um, solution together to that. So the thing that we've done with Enfield Council, which will be interesting to see the results for, um, is that we co-funded community participatory research, focused around Edmonton again, um, but looking at childhood obesity in particular. And this was a really kind of joint initiative because public health were, were pointing out that childhood obesity is clearly a, a, a massive issue across Enfield and there's massive differentials by ethnicity and by, by deprivation there. Um, but what we're trying to do with community participatory research, which again links back into Hilary Cotton's um, work around the importance of building those local relationships and, and, and co-production, is is to do really kind of in-depth qualitative research with communities around what is affecting their decision-making. Um, because it's, it's, it's not really just about health, it's about what else is going on in somebody's life. And I, th- I think it's something like, I'm going to get the number wrong, but I think it's 70% of your, if you live in a, a low-income household, you'd need to spend 70% of your income to eat a healthy diet. So it's not really just about telling parents and children to eat less sugar um, you know it's about what what else is going on in someone's life that's affecting their their ability to to, to eat a healthy diet um, so that's that's a piece of work we're doing with, with eva uh, the enfield group um so it'll be really interesting to see the, the results of that in terms of what the community thinks will make a difference
0: yeah, I mean, I think working with the EVA is great because they're, they're great to network in, in their own right. And, and I think working with networks is is really important. Um, but, but, but to do what you want to do, it's sort of a culture change, isn't it, for local authorities or for health authorities. And one thing that stands in their way is that, Particularly local authorities, I think, are worried that if we adopt these new models, it will will turn into a mutual aid model where people are helping each other and therefore they will be spending less on staff and they don't want to do that. So they find it really difficult to adopt a model that could be more cost effective in terms of staffing and they're always asking for more money rather than asking for money and saying, well, how do we spend it the best way?
1: Yes, although to some extent I feel it's part of uh, my job or all of our jobs to, to demonstrate what we think is the best, best way of, of spending money. Um, but to do that in a way in which we're informed by what the, um, what the local community thinks is a, is, a, is a good way of doing that. And I think um, you know, we're just about to, we're, we're developing a, a, a BCSE strategy across NCL at the moment. Um, working with our our communities and one of the things I'm really keen to do is just to be really clear as part of that strategy is how will we know when something has changed so I think it's really important to put our ambitions in a strategy but I also think we'll we'll lose something if we don't then say as a result of that well we'll how will things look different in the ICS as a result of the strategy and I think if we can demonstrate that actually um, I don't know as an example we can demonstrate at the end of the year that this decision was taken um even though this issue wasn't on our radar the issue was completely raised by our local communities the solution was co-produced um they thought this would be the best use of this resource to solve that problem and therefore we've implemented this you know hand in hand with them that's where it feels like we we need to get to we need to be making sure that one of our success criteria is an organization is demonstrating certain things um and I guess it's how do you it, it's thinking through how you convert all, all the fantastic ideas around kind of what's in Hilary Cotton into you know how how we govern ourselves and how we have checks on ourselves as, a, as an organization but both as a kind of um, ICS but also between us and us and local authorities because it's the, the, you know there's definitely a lot of willing there to work to work together that from my perspective anyway from my working
0: I mean, it's also not about strategy alone, is it? It's about logistics as well. I I remember Klaus Witz who uh, wrote a famous book in the 19th century on war. He said, strategy is for amateurs and logistics is for experts. And we don't spend enough time in advance thinking through the logistics. We We have a strategy, the crisis comes and then logistics are developed in a panic. We need to be more advanced than that, don't we?
1: Yes, definitely. But my other favourite quote around that it's not him, but somebody else is culture. Eat strategy for breakfast. <laughs> so unless uh, unless you have the right culture, and the other document, the other um, document I like, which is related to Hillary Cotton, is kindness in public policy by Julia Unwin, which is all about, You know how do we not just in terms of how we kind of commission services, but but ourselves as an organisation? How do we? How do we demonstrate those values through kind of? both our working life and, and how we treat each other at work and how we, how we work with our communities and how do you build in emotional intelligence um, as, as much as anything else. And, you know, Julia talks a lot about the, the comfort of transactional, um, uh, you know, uh, ways of working. And, and, it's, and it's true, you know, once you've got some hard data in about how the local hospital is performing, it, it feels much more concrete than trying to work out um, you know, if someone in a care home has has been been physically touched that week, but actually that's very important as as well in terms of somebody's outcome. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's making sure that the culture enables that that strategy and that we're all aware that how how we act to everybody, whether it's is part of how we spend our money or to the person sitting next to us or across a computer screen from us these days. Um, is it's just as important, really, because it. I I think it's very important to live your values when you come to work. Um, yeah, so it's 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 as much about.
0: I mean, I I've, I've been talking to the people in the CCG. You you're you're really lucky. You have a great lot of people who do live their values, and they bring it into their job, and that's important. If you're going to have this culture change, though. Mm-hmm what's the best way to do it? Is it to do it bottom-up with pilots and hoping that those pilots will then let people know this is a different way of working? Or do you have to meet, have a grand design straight away? Or do they have to work together? And how can you do that? That's, that's a simple question, but it's difficult to sort of answer.
1: It's very difficult. And I think um, with the Inequalities Fund, we were really keen for local communities to come forward and say, this is what's going to make a difference. But part of that, part of the issue with that is that we now have quite a lot of um so we have over 50 schemes now um and i wouldn't ever want to take anything away from them, them being quite quite small and and, and bottom up but, but equally other people have said well you'd have been better off spending that money on three or four things um three or four big ticket items um that that could could make more of a difference um so trying to get a balance between between those two things is is really difficult Um, and that's part of the reason we've asked Middlesex University to come in and and evaluate them Um, because it feels like both to demonstrate their impact and to try and make sure that that funding doesn't disappear in future years demonstrating that they're actually doing something and they're making a difference is, is just is so important but it's it's much harder to measure the softer stuff than it is to measure the, the harder stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: But I think it's equally is important. Um, and actually when I went to the, 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 the JOSC, the Joint Health and um, the Overuse Sc- uh, Scrutiny Committee, uh, the councillors were all saying what they'd like to hear back um, figures and more people stories. Uh, they were saying what they'd like to see in a year's time is, is interviews with, with, with people. Um, and that's something they did in in brent they They went out and they interviewed um, both service both both kind of residents and people that were using services um, but but also the the staff that were delivering those services so you kind of get a, a, a rounded view. so that, that's the way around we we were we are really keen to do it is to look at that kind of um, relational impact. Um, but I do think you need a bit of bit of both because that's that's not going to going to please everybody.
0: Okay, well, we've sort of almost come to the end of the thirty minutes. We've probably gone over it, which is great. Um, I mean. You know, looking into the future, it really sort of encourages me that, that you and other managers like you are thinking in, in innovative ways and not like some of the older managers who were stuck in their silos and didn't want to get out. I mean, are you hopeful for the future that the culture will change? And in a time of incre- you know, immense crisis this century, we will be able to build or, or create or develop models that will work in a way that the old models That did work fine for a time, but now we're finding we're finding it wanting.
1: Yes, I I I am because there's a lot of um, you know we it does feel like there's an alliance of people across the system that that want it to change. I still think there's quite a lot we have to do to get there. There's you know I feel there's quite a lot I have to do to get there. I I think we just need to be mindful that. We need to work I think like you were saying really closely with our local authority colleagues so much of health inequalities is rooted in you know how people uh you know what, what work they do how they grow up um employment housing education we really need to have a kind of combined effort on those things and a focus on prevention um, and the, the the social determinants and to be looking at how we close that how we look at that, that social gradient. So one of the things we're interested in is, is equity ratios, um, which is a bit of a dry topic, so I won't go into it in detail. but it's looking, it, it's looking at how you start to, to, to make our, our, our services or our offer more, more equitable. Um, and I think if we can start to shift the dial on, on looking at it from, from that perspective, not just on the kind of outputs from a health perspective, which is obviously very very medicalized. Um, I think if, as a system, we can we can shift that down and look at it, through it in a slightly different way, then we yes, we'll be making progress.
0: Okay. Well, one final question, and that is: um, if anyone wanted to find out more about what you were doing, what you are doing, what you plan to do, how is it best for them to make contact with you?
1: Um, to email me, um, so I can I can have my email address. This, which I I, I think you have, I'm very very keen. Um, to hear from people and I work as part of a job share as well um, in terms of you know everybody having a a balanced life so I love working as part of a job share and so Sarah D'Souza is my job share partner so I'll I'll, I'll give you her email address as well.
0: Okay well thanks very much I mean I think that the you know the innovations you're doing already are really really great and I think working with local authorities and especially working with civil society groups that you want to do is, is a real plus because the 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 way we deliver services in the future has got to be a whole society endeavor. Mm. It can't be just statutory or business or you know the commons it's got to be all of us and I think you you know that and you're working in that way so you know thank you for doing it I think it's really interesting and I think all of us will want to sort of help you work with you and watch what you're doing because it's a critical time but it's an exciting journey everyone's on to make the changes that are necessary so you know thank you for joining us yes thank you very much and we'll, uh, we'll end this interview now